Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this Monday, August 26, 2019, and as always, bringing you inspiration motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas, guess what? A big success. Well, it is Monday, and it's a beautiful Monday, and it's a Monday that we should all be grateful for. Guess why? Because the Lord allowed us to wake up. He sent us a sign saying, you are here. And as long as we can what? We can tell time. As long as we can measure our time, it is a testament in our lives that we are here and there is a purpose for us being here. Thank you so much for, again, joining Successful Woman Radio. And, again, I am Trina Newby, your business success coach. As a reminder to all of you who are listening, if you haven't had the time to review your calendar, uh, it is so important that you do so. Guess why? Because literally what should be going on in your business with planning is that every Sunday evening you should be taking a look, browsing your calendar, and looking at what needs to happen by Friday. You know, I think a lot of the times as, as women, we're so busy being busy many times that we aren't really paying attention to what it is that we truly want to happen in our business, and instead we're just falling through the business and reacting to everything that's going on instead of planning ahead of time. And see, the beauty in being in control, the beauty in being the creator of your business is that you really do get to dictate, you really do get the opportunity to really um, move your business in the path it should go for its success. But a lot of the times, again, we get so busy that we're following through the business instead of really making some things happen based on our goals and what our goals say. So for clarity's sake, it's important that at least every Sunday evening you take a look at all of the things you've got scheduled on your calendar. Sometimes there are a lot of appointments that maybe can't be um, rescheduled because they're doctor's appointments or other important things you may be doing for your children. And, of course, that's understandable. But let me just say I know a lot of the times there's stuff that I call it gunk stuff that we have on our calendars that really have no business being there because we need to be holding our business in priority. So make sure if you have not taken a look, if you have not established what goals you want to set by this Friday, then that is very important for you to do so after you listen to the show. Uh, and one other thing that I want to remind all of you is that, yes, it is the towards the end of August. We're moving right on into September, and we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. But I don't want those of you who still feel like you have not accomplished a lot of your goals. I don't want you to grow weary. I don't want you to get stressed out. I don't want you to be hard on yourself because that's when you start putting up blocks, when you get stressed. Uh, busted and disgusted, and that's when things start going downhill, and that's not what we want, right? As women, we want to be responsible CEOs of our business, right? And so it's important for you even now 
If you have not, go ahead and establish goals for yourself of where you're trying to go. If you've established goals, get back on track, right, and take a look at how much money you want to make by year end. Um, I have seen incredible things happen when people match up being um, having faith, having a relentless mindset, and really having that unshakable faith within themselves that they can make things happen. I've seen incredible things happen. I've seen people make as much as $100,000 in four months with their business because they have that desire to turn things around and straighten things out. So, again, I think it's very important for you to understand that um, just because it's moving towards the end of the year and you feel like everything is running, it's moving so fast, uh, that you don't have enough time, so you might as well just give up and wait until next year, which is the wrong attitude to have. You never stop your business. Don't stop promoting. Don't stop marketing your business. You never, ever stop, okay? For as long as the business is alive, there is things that you can do that can help your business to grow. So keep that in mind. Very, very key. Um, I also want to remind all of you, if you haven't already, don't forget we still – of course, started the 100K movement back, I guess, a couple of months ago. And what the 100K movement is is that we're aiming to bring 100,000 businesswomen into the Women About This community. We're moving up now towards our 2,000-member um, mark in the community, which is absolutely wonderful. And so, again, uh, how you can get involved and how you can help is you can go to womenaboutbiz.net. And once you get there at womenaboutbiz.net, simply click on blog in the top right menu bar. And the first article there is about the 100K program, and you will be able to learn all about it and learn how you can participate. I mean, one of the things I think is very important is, you know, as we've been talking about this month, endless referrals and networking and, and helping uh, each other, is that can you imagine a community where there is 100,000 businesswomen and you are able to connect, you're able to collaborate, you're able to share resources and help one another? Well, that is what it's all about. Now, add on to that Women About Biz, pouring information and blessing you with tools and resources to help you to network and properly connect. And you've got one powerful community. And so that is what we are, we are aiming for. That is what our goal is. And you can help simply read the 100K Movement article that we have in our blog and get started. We've got all of the instructions there for you, just five little things that you need to do to be a part of this. You know, we talk about all the time at Women About Biz about networking and how um, important it is for women to network. And one of the things that I share all the time is that there's no such thing as a one-sided um, networking relationship where everybody is supposed to buy what you have, everybody is supposed to give you, but you're not willing to give anything else. It's supposed to be a win-win. Not only are you trying to establish relationships for the purpose of, um, you know, generating leads for your business, but you should also be establishing relationships because you want to look for people that you can bless. You want to look with, for people with your same personality. You want to look for people with warm spirits and people who are willing um, not only to just talk about 
making money, but people who are willing to develop relationships that will go a far distance, people who are willing to refer because they've gotten to know you, they've gotten to trust you. And that's why we've been talking about endless referrals all of this month because it is so important to understand the referral process. It's important to understand why people refer. And today we're actually going to be talking about referral through blogging. I know many of you do have your own website. Many of you do have your own blog. And one of the biggest things that I have learned um, with business networking and blogging, and that is that uh, a lot of people don't understand the process of blogging. They don't understand how blogging can really help you. They don't understand how having a website can really help you. So a lot of people just put their website up and they really don't update it. They really don't um, add the kind of information individuals are looking for, and they don't understand how the website relates to their social media accounts like Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and we're going to talk about how blogging really can help you to gain leads, to generate leads and generate referrals, which is so very, very important. So that is what we're going to do. And we're also going to be reading an excerpt from the book, Endless Referrals. Now, I know a lot of people have already gotten the book, um, but there's something special that's going to be given out the end of this month, and we're going to be announcing what that is come the first Monday um, of September. So if you haven't got your book, Endless Referrals, let me see, can I hold it up a little bit more for you? Okay, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. Excellent, excellent book. This is the book that we have been reading out of, and I recommend that you have this book in your success uh, club, in your reading library. So very, very important. Um, and we're going to be reading from this book today talking about the referral mindset, turning appointments into referrals. That's what we're going to be reading from the book, but we're also um, going to be talking about today referrals through blogging. But before we do that, I'm definitely not going to forget to give you, you know, five questions of leadership and authority because that is just so very, very important. And I want to also talk to you guys about developing your business strategy, which is so very, very key. Um, you know, a lot of people around this time are beginning to develop their strategy for 2020. Can you believe? I remember when, when the just the, the – um, I just remember when the number 2000 came up. That was our centennial uh, in the United States. And I remember just just saying, trying to say that word, 2000. And now here we are 20 years later, just about, and we're going into 2020. And there's a lot of goals that I know that you ladies want to accomplish by year end and move on into 2020. But I want you to, I want you to be prepared to do it. So I'm also going to try to get in there some information to get you started on your business strategy, which is so very, very important. There is nothing like having a well-prepared strategy and having it in place come January 1st. It empowers you. You feel stronger. You feel clear. You've got that clarity that you're looking for, and you're ready to get started, not only with making money, but with gaining new clients and customers. That's going to get you that money, right? So very, very key. So definitely get out your pen and your notepad. 
um, because we're getting ready to give out some good information. Okay, so we're going to go ahead right now, and we're going to get started with, uh, very important, we're going to get started with the five questions of leadership and authority. Now, these questions are extremely key because these questions help to set the foundation for you to be the type of leader your company needs, right? And that is the first thing that we have to work on um, as businesswomen. We have to work on becoming the best leaders that we can be. You know, um, the Small Business Administration lists so many re uh, reasons why a business fails, and of course, some of the top reasons include, you know, uh, plan uh, failing to plan. You know, there's no clear planning system there, and then they also uh, list the lack of operation capital, right? There's not enough money to sustain the business and keep it going while, uh, while new customers are being generated. However, while I do agree with that, I also agree with the fact that the main part of why most businesses fail is due to leadership, lack of leadership, right? Because when you are a leader, all of those things that I just mentioned, they all fall into place, right? And that is very, very key. Uh, and so being the right type of leader for your business is essential, and I'm an advocate for that. I've been pushing that leadership and what leadership actually means. And I've been talking about leadership whereas women come into play because women make excellent leaders. I think a lot of the times some of the things that we have in common that get in the way is that we get so busy with helping everybody else that we're not being the right type of leaders that we need to be for our business. And that sometimes stumbles us and causes us to sabotage our own sales and being successful, right? And so we need to reverse that. We need to uh, know that it's okay to say no to a lot of activities. It's okay to say no to a lot of people who are um, wanting us to participate in their business or wanting us to help them. Um, it's okay to say no to a lot of activities. The reason why it's okay is because when you created your business or when you decided to partake in an opportunity, um, you became committed to that. And when you commit to something, especially like a business, you know, that should become priority, one of the priorities in your life. And it should become such a priority that you are going to have to sacrifice some things, right, in order for that, to, that business to start growing and thriving so that it can eventually take care of you. And so then you can start hiring staff and team members, and then you won't be doing as much, and then you can, again, go pick up some of the activities that you really wanted to be a part of. But, again, while you're trying to grow your business, Yes, you have to give up things. You have to sacrifice. And this is the one thing that we as women have a hard time doing because we sacrifice, our, sacrifice ourselves for others, but we have a difficult time sacrificing for our own selves when it comes to growing our business. And so, ladies, it's so key for you to understand that what your business needs is the right type of leader. Your business needs you to be the right type of CEO. And so that's why I developed the five questions of leadership and authority. So let's go ahead and get started with that first, and then we're going to move on and um, talk about uh, referrals through blogging. We're going to read an excerpt from our book of the month, Endless Referrals, and we're going to have a great show today. So the first question 
in the five questions of leadership and authority is, am I clear on my role as CEO of my company? Very key. Here's question number two. What are my business priorities? And as you think about that question, I also want you to think about sales and marketing uh, tasks that you have to implement. Here's question number three. Do I have a bird's eye view of the following areas? Okay, sales, my marketing, daily operations, daily workflow, follow-up. Do you have a bird's eye view? Now, for those of you that are not familiar with that term in business, a bird's eye view simply means that can you look at a checklist or a calendar or your planner or your business journal? Can you look at that and have a bird's eye view of what's supposed to be happening in your company, the activities that are supposed to be going on, the goals that are supposed to be happening? Have you set deadlines for those goals? Who are you supposed to delegate to? So, again, that's what that bird's eye view gives you. Do you know how much money is in your checking? Do you know how much money um, you generated in sales last week or last month? So all of those are types of things that are supposed to be included in your bird's eye view. And then, of course, question number four is, am I allowing my power team to work for me in helping me to execute my daily workflow? So if you're new to the show or haven't heard me talk about the power team, um, I'm going to share a little bit about it in just a moment. For those of you who are old-time listeners, you know I've talked about power team a lot, and that is because it's an essential part to your business success as the CEO of your company. Many of you are solo entrepreneurs, and so the power team is essential. It's mandatory. It's something that you have to have. So what is a power team? A power team is your support staff. It's a group of individuals that you have pre-selected based on their qualifications, based on um, their uh, based on their portfolio, based on um, referrals and um, people who have given you good references. Um, these are individuals that can help you to move your business forward faster and help you get things done at rapid speed when you have a power team, right? So the power team is very, very essential, and it's a part of you um, being a good leader and learning that you cannot do everything for your business, hands down, you cannot. You cannot be all and do all in your business. And that is the first thing in Leadership 101 that you will learn is that you cannot be everything to your business, the jack of all trades. You can't always do that, right? It's only going to take you so far. Now, I'm not saying that in the beginning when you start a business that you just wait until you have enough money to pay somebody um, to be on your power team in order to get certain things done. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you have to quickly recognize, you've got to quickly get your aha moment and know that the faster you can implement and put a power team in place, the faster you're going to go. The less you do that and the more you do everything on your own, the slower your business is going to go and the slower your money comes in. And I can guarantee you that. So it's very, very key. Um, everybody has a growth point. There's a lot of things that we can do on our own and grow and make really good money, and we think we're doing something. But actually what is happening is that we're developing the wrong habit. We're developing a habit 
of wanting to do everything on our own, and we're also developing a habit of stinginess, not wanting to pay people for for good services, right, because we want to keep all the money to ourselves and keep it coming, Um, and and that's just a a bad habit to have. We want to make more money. Learn how to leverage the talent and potential of other people, and you will see something quite miraculous happen in your business. So, again, a power team is your support staff. It's that support team of individuals that's going to help you to get things done faster. Now, based on your business and based on what your needs are, each individual has a a different group of people on their power team based on what you need. So some people may need a a part-time graphic designer on their power team. Some people may need a part-time um, web designer because their website is having to constantly change. Some people may need, you know, two or three different types of virtual assistants uh, in their power team. And then some people may keep it more simple with just one virtual assistant, uh, a web designer, uh, and a graphic designer. So, you know, again, it's based on what you need. So a quick exercise to help you to get there, to understand what you need on your power team, just sit down with a blank piece of paper and just imagine if you had certain roles playing in your company on your power team, how faster, how much faster you would go and how much more money you would make. And write those roles down and then decide on how you're going to bring those power te- those people into your power team. Now, keep in mind, you know, uh, you can't be scared of the fact that you don't have the money, Right to bring people onto your power team because there's all types of ways that people can come onto your power team. Um, you can um, create a position description for individuals who are volunteers that have specific experience. There might be people who are looking to volunteer, right, to gain job experience, but you have to be very structured, very clear with them and helping them to understand exactly what it is that you need for them to do. There are a lot of college students who are majoring in public relations, who are majoring in marketing, and they're looking for really great projects to help them um, in completing um, you know, certain things like their portfolio and helping them to complete projects for their um, their degree. And so, again, there's a lot of ways that you can explore to bring people onto your power team when you cannot afford a full uh, salary or when you cannot afford to pay them that hourly fee that they are charging. Um, the thing of it is, is that you have to have belief, you have to have faith in yourself, and you have to have hope to know that through Christ you can do all things, right? You you can make anything happen when you believe and know that this is a vision, that this is a purpose that you have. This is why it is so very, very important to really believe in the business that you have started because if you don't have belief in the business that you started, if you don't believe that you can be successful, then it's going to be difficult for you to, you know, put in place a power team. It's going to be difficult for you to believe that you can push through and make things happen in your business. And so, again, the power team is essential. It's key. It's not a choice, right? It is essential. It's mandatory that you actually have a power team. And then last but not least, in the five questions of leadership and authority is, do I have a delegation system in place to 
activate my power team again? Do I have a delegation system in place to activate my power team? And what that means is that we talk about the difference between delegation and abdication all the time. Um, to abdicate really means to just hand it over, turn it over like you've just sold something to somebody and you're no longer needing to uh, look after it or anything. And that's definitely not the way that we want to be as leaders. Delegation, of course, is to um, turn over a task, an assignment, a project to someone with clear instructions on accountability, on description, on when it's due, and making sure that you have scheduled follow-ups in your calendar to follow up with that person. You know, one of the biggest things that I think that a lot of people um, tend to believe is that I, sh I, I shouldn't have to follow up when I've assigned something to somebody. They should be grown enough. They should be mature enough. If they say they're in business, they should be professional enough to get back with me. And that might be true, but at the end of the day, the follow-up falls with you. It's your responsibility as the CEO uh, of your company to follow up and make sure things are being done properly. And so, again, um, I wanted to point that out because sometimes people will um, assign tasks and projects to other individuals and think that they're not supposed to be a part of it, but that's what a power team is. You are a part of your power team. You are part of that decision-making. You hold the authority, the authorization to do a lot of different things, not the members of your power team. And so, again, it's important for you to understand that you must create a system so that you can easily delegate. So there you have it, five questions of leadership and authority, and I hope that you guys are taking good notes, and I hope that you have written those questions down so that you can ask them of yourselves anytime you need to to help yourself get clear on your role as the CEO of your company. Coming up next, I'm going to be reading from the book, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. Again, you guys make sure you go ahead and get your book. Um, and one of the things that you're supposed to do is take a picture of yourself holding the book and post it in the Women About Biz community on Facebook. And for those people that actually have posted pictures of their books or pictures with themselves in the book, that's fantastic. Something good is coming to you on the first Monday of September. I'm going to be reading from Chapter 11 in the book, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. The name of this chapter is The Referral Mindset, Turning Appointments into Referrals. For those of you that have a book, I'm going to be reading from page 168, and I'm going to be starting probably at about the third chapter. The author says every presentation you make will fall into one of two categories. One, he says, those that result from a referral, and two, they, those that don't. Your goal is eventually to have practically every presentation fall into the first category. But here, but here let's focus on the second, meaning those, those that fall into, you know, not getting referrals, okay? He says, for the sake of this instruction, let's say you are making a presentation to someone with whom you have no solid relationship. Perhaps a company-generated lead or a brand-new prospect you found through some conventional prospecting method. 
He says, we're going to start from scratch and build a relationship resulting in numerous referrals from that person and geometrically numerous referrals from those to whom you are then referred and on and on. In our example here, he says, we'll use the scenario of an in-home sale of some what expensive, high-quality product or service that's being presented to a couple, although I'll sometimes speak as though we're addressing just one person. But understand, this could just as easily be a business-to-business presentation or any other sort of sales presentation, and the same basic principles apply, though you might need to adjust them to your own unique selling situation. By the way, he says, since making the presentation and completing the transaction are not the focus of this book, I'm going to assume you've learned how to do that, either from your company or from your business, from your books or other programs specifically on those topics. When you utilize these principles and methods correctly, you can lead the presentation with a number of good, high-quality, quality, qualified referrals. This means that you can leverage practically every presentation you make into many more presentations, and you can do the same with referrals from those and thus experience exponential growth in the number of presentations you can make, similar to that of compound interest. So let me just share quickly what he's talking about, okay? First of all, he's talking about the referral mindset, and he's talking about turning appointments that you have. Like if you are talking on the phone because you've scheduled um, a connection meeting with somebody, or if you're talking one-on-one from someone that you've met at a networking event, or if you ask that person to allow you to give them a presentation of your business, he's saying he wants to share how to turn those individuals into referrals. He says, it's important to understand exactly why referrals are so vital to success. I know we've been discussing referrals throughout this book, and their importance seems rather obvious, doesn't it? He says, but then again, maybe it's not so obvious. Time and time when I'm brought into companies to speak, even well-known companies whose profits are based on many presentations, their associates, salespeople, advisors, consultants, or agents can make and complete untold We just can't get these people to go after referrals. It's our biggest challenge. By the way, just so you know how rampant this issue is, even the highly productive sales leader of companies and organizations where production is a qualifier just to belong tell me that they still need to get over their fear of asking for referrals. Both times I've had the honor of presenting at the prestigious million-dollar roundtable of Insurance International Convention, and I've been amazed to hear the highest echelon of production. The top of the table tell me that asking for and getting referrals is one of their biggest challenges and an area in which they greatly need to improve. He says, I believe that if people truly understood the benefits to their bottom line and lifestyle, that an endless amount of continuous referrals would bring, they would do whatever it took to master the art of getting referrals instead of being content to cold prospect and accept leads of unknown quality from their company leads generation. But they don't. Why not? Because most salespeople simply don't grasp the true benefits of referrals. In fact, only those who totally understand and grasp The benefits of referrals will make the effort necessary to perfect their skills in this area. So he talked about the fact that there are seven benefits to having a referral system, of truly believing in referrals and why it's key 
to your business success, okay? He says, number one, referred prospects are easier to set appointments with. Number two, with referred prospects, price is less of an issue. Number three, referred prospects are easier to close. Number four, you are automatically positioned as a referral-based person, salesperson, okay, which is very key. He says, number five, referrals give your prospect the advantage of indirect experiment and experience, okay? Number six, a referral builds the loyalty of the person who gave you the referral, and he will continue to do so. And then lastly, number seven, referrals give you additional time which with to work. Okay, so it's important for you to understand that there are tons of benefits to building your own referral system and understanding how referrals work. Now, I love organic referrals. And what that is, organic referrals are, it's when you didn't go and ask for the referrals, but the referral was spawned because of an environment or a stage that you authentically set, okay? And we're going to be talking about that as we talk about referrals through blogs. Okay, so the author says there are two types of referrals you receive, okay? He says, now let's look at several different types of referrals you'll receive and what kind will impact each will have on your business. He says, we'll call these three types of referrals A-list referrals, B-list referrals, and C-list referrals. He says A-list referrals are those who are pretty much ready to buy when you show up. Typically, they need or want your product or service and have no trouble paying for it. B-list referrals are also good referrals, just not quite as solid as the A-list. You still have to work for the sale and might have to um, make some effort when it comes to helping them cross the marketing bridge of needing it. And then he says C-list referrals are those you want to avoid presenting to as soon as you're in position to be able to do so. He says, these are good people. It's just that for whatever reason, they're not your best prospect, okay? If you're at the beginning stage of your business, you still might present to them, and sometimes they are, in fact, qualified buyers, and they are also good people with whom to practice your presentation. But, again, your C-list prospects, they often are not the best people to sell to, okay? And so he says what's important is to use the 80-20 rule to your advantage. This brings up a fascinating point. As a general rule, A-list referred prospects will typically refer you to other A's, okay, as well as some B's and C's, okay? He says, and C-list referred prospects will typically refer you only to other C's. It's a principle of human nature. People will tend to refer to you others at their same self-perceived level and below, but people rarely refer up. Because of this, a version of the famous Pareto principle comes into play here, more commonly known as the 80-20 rule. A minority of people, say 20%, produces the majority of results. A common example of this principle applied to sales teaches that 80% of your income will come from 20% of your customers or your clients. So he's basically saying you need to be paying attention to the A-list customers and your B-list customers, okay, our prospects. Why? Because those are the ones that are going to refer the same kind of people as they are. Very, very important. And I think that's a very big learning lesson. 
<clears throat> you can read more and learn more about this concept that he's talking about, the referral mindset, in Chapter 11 of Endless Referrals. And, again, the author is Bob Berg. For those of you who um, who are interested in purchasing the book and reading along with us, I think that you'll find um, this a very, very good book to have. Again, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. Okay, we're going to keep keep ahead, and we're going to go on, and we are going to be talking about what is blogging and how to get referrals through the blogging process, which I think is so very, very important. I see that um, our Facebook is having a little bit of technical difficulty um, and in coming back online. Um, I see that a lot of people a lot of people are sending me chats saying that for some reason the Facebook uh, feed the live feed in Facebook is acting up. But I am going to just uh, try to let it do its things. In the meantime, I know that our Blog Talk Radio show is continuing on, and so hopefully you guys are taking uh, some good notes there. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and talk about first of all. What is blogging? Okay, what is blogging? So blogging is when is the art of journaling your thoughts and your ideas, okay? But when it comes to business blogging, one of the biggest things that go on is that blogging is also uh, showing your expertise. It's also a way of journaling and sharing articles, resources, and tips to your target audience, okay? There's also another type of blogging where you're going to other people's websites that have, they have a blog and you're becoming a guest blogger. So it's important for you to understand this basic functionality first of exactly what is blogging. So a blog is really similar to a website with the exception that rather than the website just having the same old information, there is a place that you can go and be updated and see regular new streams of information either every day or multiple times per week. And that is the whole purpose of a blog is for it to be more of like a journal, uh, for it to be more of in a diary format to where you're entering into the blog all the time. You're contributing new content, new articles, new videos, new audios, different things that are going to help your viewers out. So blogging is just one avenue to marketing your business online. And, of course, it's a huge part of how you can connect your social media accounts as well. The things that you have to remember with blogging is that you have to always have a blogging signature, which is normally at the bottom of your blog, your post, or your entry. And that signature should make sure that your name, the title, and also any type of landing page link or sales page link that you want to, to be relevant to that particular article or that blog entry, uh, you want to make sure that you have that as well. Another thing that is so important in, in blogging is that whether it's an audio, whether it's a video, um, whether it is an article, you really need to get used to calling people to action in everything that you do, whether you are posting on social media or whether you are um, posting as a guest blogger. I think calling people to action is very, very key. And um, it's not often 
that a lot of people are doing that. So I think it's key for you to understand the importance of that. Um, And this is why you just don't start blogging, but you actually have to have a really well-drawn-out plan about how your blog is going to be integrated in your marketing strategy. Very, very important, okay? Um, Blogging can help, number one, brand your business. It can help with search engine placement when you're using the right keywords in your various blog articles. It can also help people gain what I call familiar trust in you. When an individual sees your blog or post time and time again, they like the way you share. They develop a trust in your content. This is why consistency is so very, very key. It's because the more consistent you are, the more they like your articles and different things that you're sharing, the more they're going to trust you and the more they're willing to purchase what you have or retain your services and, yes, refer to others, okay? So this leads me into the five elements of blogging because I think you have to understand the core foundation of of blogging itself. And so the core element of blogging, the first core element is content. Now, a lot of people that I see blogging, their content is all over the place. They could be talking about what they're cooking for dinner or a concert that they've been to. But if it's a business blog or site, it's hard to grasp what the person is all about. And, of course, their entries are really ignored. So the important thing that I think here is that when you select content, when you write content for your blog, it should be relevant to whatever your business is about, okay? Very, very key. Um, If you're in network marketing, the one thing that I do want to share with you about network marketing is that if you are representing a particular product, you don't always just want to talk, 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 talk about that product, but you want to be a living testimony about the product and how it's changed your life. You want to have maybe testimonies of others. And then if it's a a health product or nutritional supplement or anything like that, you know, you want to talk about health. You want to have health articles and things that's going to help people. Uh, If it's other types of products, then you want to look at relevant material that people would find interesting in that type of product. But if you are also in network marketing, which I think is very key, you also want to will want to talk about um, yourself. You will want to create your story, and you will want to talk about. how excited you are to be a part of it, the different opportunities, that type of thing. So it's very, very key uh, that you create your own story and that you have those relevant types of um, of those relevant type of stories and content to share. Okay, so content can be in a short article format or thin, uh, or you can spin a part of your article from your main blog or website. Right, you can also place an entry paragraph. Uh, into your social media with a link to entice others to read more, okay? So this is why it's key for you next to have a blogging schedule. What I would, you know, suggest that you do is start out posting, you know, at least two pieces of new content every week. It doesn't have to be very long. It can be a video, uh, what we call a vlog, V-L-O-G, or it can be a written article, okay, very key. Um, You can use your notepad, your WordPad, or even Google Docs because this will help you 
um, to go ahead and quickly put out something. Okay, the, in, the next thing that I think is very key as you're setting up content for your blog is to make sure that you set up a data folder for your blog, okay, because this is going to help you to gather the content and the information uh, for your blog. It's important to keep up with what you've already used, so you're going to have a, a new content folder, meaning you've not yet posted this content anywhere, and then you're going to have an archive folder, which means you're going to push that uh, content over to the archive folder once you have used it so you won't think that it's something new and you can use it over again, okay? That will make you appear to be redundant. So that's very key, okay? Now, the one beautiful thing that you need to know about a blog is that a blog, can, just the content from a blog can be fun uh, and used in so many different ways. You can take quotes from the blog and create a graphic box uh, as an image that you can then post to your social media. Uh, you can take uh, excerpts from your blog with a call to action and a link to get people to, to sign up for a free webinar or what have you. Um, you can put how-to information right there in your blog, uh, and people actually have to sign up on your website to read the rest of it. So that's called drip content. So there's a lot of things that you can do with your blog. But one of the most beautiful things that I think can come from your blog is people will refer. If, if you get people used to sharing your blog content and it's a helpful uh, how-to blog, then what, what's going to happen is people are going to start sharing it. And when you have a call to action, which you should have at the end of every article, just about at the end of every article, then people are able to then call you, connect with you, and follow the directions on that call to action. So whether you're looking for more people to participate in your webinars, whether you're wanting people to um, sign up for, for a free compelling offer so that you can then have their email information to continue to market to them, whatever the reason, there should always be a call to action at the end of your blog content. Keep in mind that your blog content doesn't always have to be just written words. It can be a, a video. It can be audio. Um, but the most important thing is that the title should be intriguing, okay? And in addition to that, uh, in addition to the title, you need to make sure the search engine optimization that whatever it is about, because you don't want to confuse the search engine. So whatever the content is about, you should have, I would say three to five of the, the words, the keywords or the keyword phrases of what that content is about throughout the article if it's written, okay? If it's a video, then in the video description, you should have the keywords written two to three times in reference to what that blog video is about, okay? Very, very key there. Now, when people read your blog, when they see your blog different places, the first thing that they're going to see is they're going to read the article and they're going to start gaining familiar trust. But they're going to also see your call to action and they're going to respond to it. And this is how your articles, your content, your videos, your audios can then become natural referral sources for you. So this is why it's key uh, to have a blog. And I want you guys to understand that 
uh, having a blog is becoming very essential. It's becoming kind of mandatory. Uh, while there are certain types of businesses that can do business just with a Facebook page these days, I think if you're looking to develop relationships uh, and you're looking to provide continual information to show your expertise and your authority, then hands down you need a engaging consistent blog that has new content and information in it on a weekly basis. So it's important for you not to forget that. Well, that is all I have for today. I want you guys to, again, remember the 100K uh, campaign that we are doing. And I, I wanted to share some information on strategy, but I'm going to have to push that until the next Monday. So mark that in your calendar for um, next Monday as we uh, come up on the first Monday of September, uh, which is, I do believe, Labor Day. But don't worry, we will definitely be here on Monday the 2nd, bringing you Successful Woman Radio for sure, okay? So we'll go ahead and push strategy over to September 2nd on Monday, and we'll talk about developing your strategy for 2020. Until then, I look so forward to you guys um, participating, and I look forward to you guys being a part of the show for next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.